I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Dallas Cowboys fans, are you ready? Are you ready to hear the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Are you ready to hear what I, the Bear of Texas, has to say regarding the Dallas Cowboys? Well then, grab a beer, have a seat, and buckle up. Because this ride will start out slow, but I guarantee you it will intensify by the second. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast, which is brought to you by Sarcastic Remarks, the only Dallas Stars fan-led podcast. Every week, join the Chambers Brothers as they will discuss anything related to your Dallas Stars. It is my honor to welcome a fellow sports writer, a fellow podcaster. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the host of the Die Hard Football Podcast, He's Plano, Texas' own, Christopher Mabry. Welcome to the show, Christopher. Hi, right, thanks for having me. Well, it's an honor. However, I can honestly say, tonight was not a very good night to be a Cowboys fan. No, it wasn't. I, I thought Dalton was going to be a good, at least a good backup quarterback when uh, Dak was out, but I don't. after seeing that, I don't think he was. And it's a shame, really, because... All week, I said Dalton really has potential. He's got the veteran instinct, the veteran skills, the veteran knowledge. He's got a good arm, even though people don't want to say that. He's got weapons, but really, nothing went right for this team. I mean, it's a whole complete disaster. It was. It seemed like nothing really got going for Dallas. It it was one thing after another. Injuries. Zeke had two fumbles. To add or two two to three fumbles to add to whatever he ha- whatever he had before, it, it just one thing just led after another and it wasn't in a good way. I mean, he now has four fumbles for the season and that's a career high for a season for him. And you know what, what's even sad is like the Cardinals were able to score points off those turnovers, take full advantage of that. Yeah, it was like twenty one points, at least off of turnovers. It's horrible because, he, based on my notes, that Arizona scored 24 points off of four Cowboys turnovers tonight. 24 points. And Kyler I, Murray, I mean, this was a homecoming for him because, you know, won three state uh, high school championships with Allen High School, won them at at t Stadium, won the Big 12 title during his days at the University of Oklahoma, and now he has a huge win over the Dallas Cowboys. So at t Stadium makes him feel right at home. Yeah, I mean, he's he's undefeated at AT&T Stadium. It's not not a lot of quarterbacks have an undefeated record at any away stadium, so you know, I feared that 
Kyler Murray would have, you know, a good game, both, you know, with his arm, even though his stats were really, you know, he had about nine completions, but the running game, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised he would have a decent running game because he came to this game leading all quarterbacks in rushing yards and uh, average, you know, running yard per play. I mean, I think it was about seven yards. I mean, this dude can run. He's a unique dual threat quarterback. He is. He kind of reminds me of, of uh, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, but really more of, of Mahomes. I mean, yeah, he can't, or I don't know if he can do the sideways throw like he can, but a lot of his traits, uh, Kyler Murray has, I, I see him in a lot of uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes as well. Indeed, you know, I mean... I knew, you know, Kyler Murray was was definitely going to challenge us because, you know, I had this game going into a shootout. I mean, in my preview, I predicted Dallas winning 38-34, to and, and Dallas lost 38-10, to so that's pretty humiliating on my end. I, I felt like it was going to be uh, maybe this score, but if Dak was playing, it, it would probably be this score. Probably. I mean, it's really difficult to deal with. I mean, you know, Dalton, you know, Dalton... The, the fact that the running game was just not effective. I mean, Zeke Elliott, 12 carries, 49 yards. He's yet to rush for 100 yards this season, okay? And he had two fumbles, okay? Uh, you know, the running game just could not be very effective, okay? And then in, so because it was so ineffective, Andy Dalton had to attempt 54 passes. That, that's too many passes. I mean, I, I, I'm wondering where Zeke, the rookie year Zeke came, you know, is that because we need him as much as, you know, we need Dalton to play better. We need a Zeke Elliott that is on top of his game, that is ready to go, that is mentally prepared, that is on top of everything. Everything has to be positive. He got paid. He needs to give the Cowboys what they paid for, and he has not been doing it. It's sad because we have to live with the fact the Cowboys paid Jalen Smith and Ezekiel Elliott, but did not pay Byron Jones or Dak Prescott, although they tried to pay Prescott, but I don't want to get too much on Prescott but because he, he turned all those deals down. But the fact that we lost Byron Jones because, you know, we decided to pay Zeke Elliott instead or Jalen Smith, that is insult to injury, dude. I mean, loss of Byron Jones strikes a, a major blow. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you, you lost Byron Jones... Frederick retired, and, and I understand he had his illness, and, you know, he didn't want to deal with, with COVID involved with it. And then, you know, on top of that, almost all of our starting offensive line is down. Zach, uh, Martin, Zach Martin went down today. Uh, the he was risk, I don't know. He hasn't been officially. I don't know if he's been diagnosed officially with a concussion, but we, he got hit in the head on a, on a Zeke run, and he was under the concussion protocol. And after halftime, the news came that he was officially, officially ruled out of the game. Uh, Chris, it's <laughs> hard for me to say this, but that great offensive line that we had a few years ago, it's gone now. It's it, it, it is gone. It's it's the it's like the Titanic. It's basically the Titanic at the end of the freak at the, at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, I mean Tyron Tyron Smith, you know, out for the season. Lyle Collins is out. Travis Frederick, as you said, retired. Zach Martin just got hurt. Boom. I mean, to, you know, after Zach Martin was taken out of the game, the only uh, offensive lineman that had experience was Connor Williams, the former Texas Longhorn. Right. 
it's just. It, I mean, first you had the if you want to go back to the boat uh, metaphor, the boat started to have holes, and it was, you know, taking on water, and now the boat sank. I guess basically, like when when uh, Travis Frederick went down with the illness, uh, some might say that was the iceberg that the boat hit, and then started you know having the holes and more holes, and the water just kept rushing in. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a shame because you know. The offensive line, you know, we, we there's there's nothing now. I mean, there's I mean, there's Tyler Biadic, you know, the, the rookie center, which I, I have some faith in. You know, he's a rookie, but he's making mistakes. But you know what? All rookies do. He's learning. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. You see, everybody, everybody's already talking. People are talking on Twitter. Everybody's already. I mean, everybody's saying bench Zeke, trade Zeke. You know, yeah, tank, tank for a first overall pick. You know, honestly, you know, I am. Tempted to tell those people, even if we get the first, number one overall pick, what makes you so? What makes you think we're merely going to be good again? I mean, it's going to take years to build on off that first round pick. But if people think we're going to get Trevor Lawrence, I don't think that's happening because Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones both both assured us that their plans regarding Dak Prescott have not changed despite the injury. So I guess we can say that Trevor Lawrence won't be coming to Dallas, even if we have the first round pick. Right. He. I mean, Dak might be tagged again, and it most likely will be. Um, I mean, Dak will come back next year, so Lawrence or Trevor Lawrence might not be an option. Maybe if he was in in a later la- uh, later round, but he, he's a top quarterback in college right now at Clemson, and whoever becomes that that first overall pick and Right now, it looks like it to be the Jets. Uh, they're going to be set up pretty well, getting warrants. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and set our sights uh, fully on the game. Now we got to talk about this Cowboys defense. Not to my, it's not surprising to me that they had an- another bad game. You know, they allowed two hundred and sixty yards on the ground. If if I'm re- if if I'm re- yes. 261 yards rushing. I mean, that final play, you know, that final scoring play for Arizona, that was just, you know, that just literally, you, you take, you have a wound, that's a, a huge cut, a blister that's split wide open, and then alcohol was just thrown right on it. That stings, dude. It does. I mean, you would have thought that having Van Der Esch back, who's a, who's a leader on, or on defense, yeah, you don't have Lee, but at least Van Der Esch can help talk or give the the defensive calls, and I, I didn't see much of that tonight. You know, speaking of Leighton Vanderesh, I did notice the first couple of drives. I mean, the first quarter, the Cowboys defense was actually doing an okay job. I mean, they were they were Kyler Murray was you know making incompletions. Although some might say it's because there was um, miscommunication. Now, while that may be true, I mean, knowing the Cowboys' defense, even if an off- opposing offense has a miscommunication and that defense is not doing their job, that off- that opposing offense can still inflict serious damage. So the defense did get off to a quite a decent start. I mean, they were forcing stops, but, but the offense couldn't really produce, you know, because, you know, the score was tied at 0-0 at the end of the first quarter. And, and honestly, even though technically we did get a sack, I don't consider that a quarterback set because Kyler Murray, he was under pressure. He just decided to go down himself. Like, because I'm sure, because 
those several times like we couldn't get to him. Even when we touched him, we couldn't take him out. That's been a problem for all season. So I, I don't really consider that an effort. I mean, Kyler Murray basically just gave the Cowboys defense something. He said, okay, I'll yeah. go down. You guys can have this one, and that's it. Yeah, they, they pretty much gave maybe one or two sacks, you know, to the defense. But for the most part, Kyler Murray, you know, he kind of reminds me of maybe, you know, at that point, maybe a younger Eli, kind of like the Super Bowl where he kind of ducks out of the pocket and and finds an open receiver. And, and a, lot, a lot of the uh, Cowboys' defensive plays have been like that all year. You know, you're absolutely right. I, I guess it's a fair comparison, uh, you know, to compare because Eli Manning did, in fact, do that, especially in his prime, you know, from the years of 2007 to 2011, Eli Manning's, you know, best years in football. But, you know, it's sad, you know, it's, we, and we have to talk a little bit about Leighton Van Der Esch because, I mean, I'm, I am amazed. A fractured collarbone. He had surgery on it, and he came back very quick. I mean, when there was reports earlier this week that he was, quote, on track to play, and then he had a full padded practice, I was like, okay, let's let him practice, but if he does not play this game, that's good because the last thing we need is him getting hurt again. But he plays, and he actually had a – I mean, he didn't have the best game, but finished with a total of three tackles. You know, two of them were on his own. You know, Jalen Smith, you know, had the most tackles on the team, but – it was just, it was great to see Leighton Vanderesh out there again, and I'm just you know praying they'll stay healthy, you know, because we we need Leighton Vanderesh because I I did figure at the be- like I said at the beginning the Cowboys defense was doing okay, and many might say it's because Leighton Vanderesh was was there. I mean that could be true, but all I can say is it was just great to have LVE back on. It was. I'm glad he finished the game. I'm glad he didn't get hurt anymore, at least for this game. Um, it, it depends on if he continues like this in the next couple of games because it seems like every couple of games he gets hurt. Um, a lot of people were saying, and they said this about Lee too, that they should just retire because it seems like they've been getting not just serious injuries, but injuries that could possibly end their career. Well, unfortunately, as far as Sean Lee goes, I mean... Uh, if he retires as a player and then comes back as the linebackers coach or you know as a Cowboys coaching staff, I'm I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. But you know it's a shame you know uh, uh, Wiley, aka the Venomous Stare, who's a constant guest on this show, it hurts him to say it, but he describes uh, Lane Vanderesh as Sean Lee 2.0 because Lane Vanderesh does in fact have a problem, has a hard time staying healthy. I mean last last year had the neck problems, you know, and then he fractured his collarbone in week one. But one might say it's too early to say that. I mean, it, it's just it's it just sucks to see our best linebacker. Well, you know that's probably an argument right there. Our best linebacker get hurt. But but really, I mean, you know, the dude's young. You know, he's still in his, in his rookie year. I mean, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard uh, to resign him to a long term deal, especially if he keeps getting hurt. But Blaine Vinrus came back, uh, had a good a good game. I was, we'll go ahead and give him. He had a, he did have a good game, and you know he doesn't seem to be suffering any ill effects. But, but I'm gonna. No, we're really gonna get to the point here. We really gotta. We're really gonna go into the deep end of this game. The defense could not force turnovers. Could not get to the quarterback. I mean, they just you know digging. I mean, you can't really blame them for, especially after the fumble because you know the secret fumble and then like that. But some will argue the Cowboys still could have. The defense still could have made a stop. That's true, but. I guess overall, I should say the team 
made mistakes and then they just let those mistakes get in their head and it caused them to make more mistakes and they couldn't recover. And Arizona did a fantastic job t- taking advantage of Dallas's uh, miscues. I mean, that's what you got to do. Yeah, the Arizona did really well at picking out our, our mistakes and our defense really needs to get back on track. Um, I mean, yeah, we have some key players missing or with other teams, but you have to play with the players you have. You have to figure out how to, how to use them in the right way. I feel like we're not doing that. Yeah, There's a lot of things wrong with the defense. I mean, there's the injuries, the blown coverage, the, you know, the penalties, the missed opportunities, you know, inability to tackle. I mean, the, the, the list goes on, dude. I mean, the turnover ratio for the Cowboys is worse than the league. I mean, it's, it's got to be negative 12 by now, it, 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 you know, based on last time I checked. The bottom line is the Cowboys can't force turnovers. I mean, instead, they do the opposite. They just commit them. And yeah. Andy Dalton's, I mean, two interceptions. I mean, I don't want to get into the debate whether it was his fault or not. But, okay, the first interception, first of all, that should have never happened, okay, because that was clearly a pass interference on Drake Kirkpatrick, and the referee did not call that. Yeah, he, he that ref should have called it. I mean, there, there's probably a lot of plays that should have been called but weren't, and, and there's probably first downs that Arizona got or, or it looked like they didn't get, but they gave it to him. You know, speaking of pass interference, it wasn't until Dallas scored on that drive where they actually called two pass interference plays when on that. But, you know, going up to to that drive before halftime, I mean, Michael Gallup dropping that what, what should have been a touchdown, God, I mean, it, it hurt me because, you know, Michael Gallup, you know, is known for, you know, making these clutch plays. But, but at the end of the day, we're, I'm not going to throw him under the bus because it's not fair to do. I mean, okay, he's not perfect. We're not going to expect him to be perfect every game now. Game right. now, I should say, but you know, it just seems to me that you know it's, it's like I said because because of these miscues, Zeke Elliott fumbling, the Cowboys defense not a- able to prevent damage from being done. I mean, things just got worse and worse, and the Cowboys just like could not recover. And like I said, Arizona took full advantage. They did. They, uh, I mean, Gallup is is good. I, I felt like he had that touchdown originally, but then. You know, they showed the replay, and yeah, he dropped it. Yeah, it's just, it's just a hard pill to swallow. You know, going into halftime, 21-3 when, you know, if we had gone to halftime 21-7, you know, we drive down the field on the on the, on the the opening drive of the second half, and then we score, we're down 21-14. I mean, the, the game probably would have changed. I mean, Dallas probably could have come back and won. I mean, anything could have happened, but unfortunately it did not happen. I mean, it, yeah, they got one touchdown throughout the whole game, at least on Dallas side, and two missed kicks. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Speak, yeah. speaking of that, yeah, that fifty-eight yard field goal. I mean, what was the point of that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was good to have kicks, you know, at least to get points on the board. But I, I'm not sure. I I would have gone with. With at least a touchdown. I mean, anyway, it, it was like third and ten, you know, around the fifty-yard line, and we all know the Cowboys' offense is horrible in situations of third and ten. I mean, 
coming to this coming to this game, I believe they were they came to this game 0 for 14 on third uh, on plays that were at least no less than third and ten or that could be you know, third and ten or more. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, and you know Atlanta scoring you know all, on everything. It, I mean, excuse me, Arizona just you know, I mean they came ready to play. You know, what's sad is Chandler Jones, Arizona's best pass rusher, didn't even play in this game, and Arizona just had no defense pressuring Andy Dalton. But the fa- but but then again, you know we have a bang. I mean, I'm more than a banged up offensive line. So you know, we really, we really never had an advantage, now, did we? No, even with the crowd that was there, and and they say that, oh, uh, you know, having home home crowd is is good. Yeah, it is, but your offense has to work too, and it has to feed off of that crowd. I, I just feel like they were they were lost, and, and maybe that was because of no Dak. You know, Dak's not being there, and yeah, he was at the start uh, this week. But he wasn't at the game tonight. Hopefully he'll be back soon. And maybe that will hopefully boost their spirits. And the question is, uh, is he going to fly uh, to the team with the na- fly with the team to the nation's capital this Sunday when Dallas takes on the Washington football team? I'll probably not. I mean, you know, we don't want to run. I mean, look, I get it. The Cowboys want him on the sideline because he is definitely an inspiration. He's a guiding light. But, you know, whenever yeah. he's good to go, you know, he's good to go. And I got you know, and I'm looking at it. And the, the Cowboys 218 points allowed through the first six games of a season in NFL history. I mean, th- this is the first time since 1948. In 1948, the New York Giants allowed 218 points. I mean, you know, and the, the record is is 235, which was back in 1950 with the Baltimore Colts. So, even though it's not quite there, I mean, it's close, and that's still historically bad. I mean, that's humiliating. Yeah, that that's pretty bad. Um... Hopefully, I mean, with this bad division, you know, in the NFC East, they can do something. I mean, they're saying that we kind of have a little cushion, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't see it. See, the reason why I'm laughing is because the NFC East is just so pathetic. I mean, yeah. we're two at two and four, and we're still on top. You know, the Eagles are one four and one. You know, rent second place. You know, if the Cowboys make the playoffs with a freaking six and ten record. Everybody's gonna say, oh, "Okay, well, the Cowboys made the playoffs." I'm like, "Okay, yeah." As a six and ten team, and then a, a division that's just literally a joke. I mean, this yeah. is gonna make football look funny. I, uh, well, I mean, yeah, and and it's it's 2020, so maybe that's possible. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, the fact that 2020's been probably like the worst year of our life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, say so yeah, it's 2020. You know, even the Cowboys suffered in 2020. I mean, Dak Prescott, you know. Every, I mean, the whole world, you know, everybody's suffering in a sense. All of us. It's just, oh, yeah. I mean, 2020's got to end already, for, God, for goodness sake. But but now that we've wrapped up the defense, so as we wrap it up, folks, the problem with the defense was couldn't, you know, couldn't make stops. You know, you know they were put they were put in an unnecessary pressure thanks to those turnovers. The defense are just, all that pressure is put on their shoulders and they just can't handle it. So defense was like, they did their best and ultimately they just... They were gassed, they were confused, and Arizona just took advantage. So yeah. that, that wraps up the defensive talk. You know, I should mention, here's a little fact about this game, that tonight's 38-10 loss matches the Cowboys' worst loss at AT&T Stadium, which happened in 2017, Week 11, against the Philadelphia Eagles, 
when we lost 37-9, and when the Eagles' uh, rushing attack killed us, and Carson Wentz just, you know, made us made our defense look absolutely silly. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember that game, too. I mean, any loss is bad, but when it's a blowout, it's even worse. Um, when it's a blowout to the Eagles, I mean, that's, that's definitely humiliating. Yeah. All right, so now we get to the offense. Well, you know... I swear, to, I swear to you, Chris. I see. I'll sort of say, put Ben DiNucci and Ben put Ben DiNucci. I'm like, guys, seriously. I mean, okay. <laughs> what is yeah. wrong with some people? I mean, all of a sudden, you know. I mean, look. I get we're all pissed at Zeke. I mean, Zeke has not been producing well since pain. You know, everybody was like saying trade him, bench him. Like, I get it, guys. We're, we're pissed, but come on. I mean, Andy Dalton did make mistakes in this game, but come on. Now all of a sudden, you guys want Andy Dalton benched? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's been one game, and, and I even had a little, you know, I wasn't quite sure of, of Dalton. Yeah, he had good five years, I mean, five years in Cincinnati out of ten, nine or ten, and maybe that was because he, towards the end he had a bad offense. He, he didn't have the, the right receivers, but I wasn't quite sure of how he was going to do coming in for that and then playing majority at least majority of the season uh as starter and maybe it was because he didn't have enough reps you know that might be true but i did mention that this week he had a full week of practice you know coming in as the starter but that's just one week and you know he had one loss so he, now he now he's mo- he could be more motivated than ever than to avenge that so, as this week, you know, there's a, I'm sure that they start practice, you know, they'll go up, before they go up to our nation's capital, Andy Dalton's really going to, you know, learn from it and, you know, hopefully get better. I mean, you know, finishing 34 uh, completions out of 54 attempts, 266 yards average, close to five yards per pass, one touchdown, two interceptions, one of which should have been called back, sacked three times, a quarterback rating of 38.7. That's... Well, the best way to say is it's not the best performance, but it's not absolutely terrible. I would call that, yeah, I'm going to give it average. Yeah. But clo- close to a little bit, but close to above average. I mean, he did, in fact, throw a touchdown, and he did. He was able He was able to, you know, to connect with, with some of his players. I mean, the, it, and he don't got lucky. At the beginning of the, beginning of the game, uh, Jordan Hicks, the, the former Texas Longhorn, you know, could have inter- you know dropped that interception. That would have been a pick six. You know that 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 was lucky. So and I was like, hey, if, if Andy Dalton's not gonna get bailed out like this again, I mean, he'd be lucky too. So Andy Dalton's really gotta get serious. But at the same time, you know, I remembered. Well, the offensive line is horrible. You know, he's under so much pressure. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on the guy. You know, if he's not protected, you know, he's out. You know, he's out there in the wilderness all by himself with nothing. He doesn't know what's going on. So. So Andy Dalton really had to fight his way through, you know, like that. I mean, he had to fight for survival. Yeah, he did. I mean, that that first, maybe it was the first pass or the first couple passes, the uh, Cardinals defender almost had that interception and just went right through his fingers. And I, I thought, oh, man, here, here we go. I mean, we never have really any good luck with backup quarterbacks. I thought maybe we would have a good chance with Dalton. And we might. It's just one game, but you know, a lot of people probably had doubts like, oh, here we go. You know, we, we 
we don't do good with backup quarterbacks. Our other one, Dak, he's not a backup, but he's out. You know, we're not going to go anywhere. A lot of people probably thought that. It's like you said, it's just one game, and if thing if Dalton has a horrible game against the Washington Football Team, then you know that's obviously not, not going to make things better. But I don't want to envision that right now. But you know, with this, with this, how horrible our team is. You know, the offensive line is horrible. The defense is horrible. All the injuries. I mean, anything could happen. I mean, even a loss to a horrible Washington Football Team is perfectly capable of happening. But let's yeah, go, let's talk about our. Are receiving, you know, Amari Cooper, well, he had a better game than he had last week. Seven catches, 79 yards, averaged 11 yards per catch, and had the touchdown. It's definitely better than he had, definitely better week than last week against the New York Giants. Uh, CeeDee Lamb also, seven catches, 64 yards, you know, averaged nine yards per catch. I mean, there was that play where, you know, he, he was interfered and ended up in, a, in an interception. I mean, I'm just like, I just cannot believe the ref could did not did not call that play. Yeah, it was it was obvious, wasn't it? I mean, people were saying I'm just overreacting. Like, no, it was obvious. It was pass interference. It, it was obvious. I mean, I I'm not out there. I, I'm not with the team, but I mean, I can see it on the screen, and I, I even saw it. And it, it should have been a pass interference play. And the refs decided, nah. <laughs> But it's unfortunate Michael Gallup wasn't really a good day for him. You know, only two catches on six targets, you know, 23 yards. Had that 17-yard gain, and fortunately he had two drops. I mean, he had that drop, you know, right before halftime, then had another one, you know, later. You know, look, it's like we said earlier, dude. He's not going to be perfect every single game, you know. So we're not going to throw him under the bus. So we could just hope that, you know. This week has a, a good week of practice, and maybe uh, this Sunday against the Washington Football Team, he'll do he'll he'll do more than simply make up for it. So, I, I mean, I I think he will. Um, Gallup and and Cooper are are two good receivers, and I kind of felt like Cooper was probably I maybe the most valuable player for the game in the fact that he he caught. Many, uh, more passes than probably the others did and in that he kind of at least for the first quarter kept us in the game at, at that point I mean he, he did in fact I mean you know Michael Gallup was the guy that was clutch last week against the Giants so Whew, man. I'm just having a hard time doing this yeah. show because the fact that we got humiliated I mean it was it, it was frustrating. It was not just frustrating to watch as a fan, but even in a sports writing perspective, because that that and a penalty that wasn't called. I'm like, come on, dude, are you serious? This makes football look bad. When there's horrible officiating, it makes football look bad. But not just in football, in sports in general. Okay. Yeah. Whether it's baseball, basketball, soccer, horrible officiating, and when players actually celebrate the fact that they got away with something stupid like that, that just that just makes the sport look bad. I mean, you're not commit. You you want to play sports the way it is. You, like you think it's cool that you got you got a lucky break, <laughs> right? And when you have New York watching the the game too, watching all of these games, and they can buzz down. I think they can buzz down and re you know say, hey, you might want to take a look at that again. M- you know, maybe they should do that more. Maybe they, 
maybe they should. And this game is going to be remembered, you know, in Kyler Murray's case, it's going to be remembered as a game where he really didn't have to do much because, you know, <laughs> finished, especially on the passing game, you know, in, in, a, a, in the second half, the Cardinals had less than 10 yards, uh, excuse me, less than 10 plays uh, that were passing plays. They stuck to running the ball because, and the card. I mean, as painful as it is now, now I am talking in, a, in the perspective of sports writing. The Cardinals did a good job of running the, of deciding to run the ball more in the second half because they already had a big lead. They had an eighteen point lead, and if you pa- if, if you commit to passing the ball more, you know you risk you know getting sacked, you know, and you know all these incompletions. Like the clock stops. Like you 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 get you're buying your opponent some time. So yeah. So. Got to got to give it to Clean. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, that's a guy you know I, we're very familiar with. You know, uh, he's doing his days at Texas Tech University. It was just amazing. He, he goes from you know Texas Tech, then had that brief run at USC, and then all of a sudden he's the Cardinals head coach. But yeah, you see, you know, a lot, a lot of people would have said, you know, why would he not use the air raid offense? Because you know he was under the great Mike Leach at Texas Tech, and Mike Leach, as we know, is famous for having a, a, an offensive scheme with a heavy air raid offense, but Cliff Kingsbury just decided, you know, since we have a good running game, you know, Kyler Murray can run and we have a big lead, you know, we, we need to drain out the clock. And and much to my surprise, DeAndre Hopkins was was not having the best game until he had that huge play, you know, because, you know, you know, early in the game, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, was being targeted at least, you know, five times and couldn't make a catch. And he finished this game with uh, – Two catches for seventy-three yards. Had that sixty-yard one, sixty-yard uh, gain. So, so I mean, I I fear DeAndre Hopkins. He's destroyed the Cowboys' defense before. Hell, he can do it again. And I mean, it only took him one play, but but he did it. It was a sixty-yard p- play. Yeah, that that was a good pass, you know, with with uh, Kyler Murray. But I, I feel like maybe their their biggest game plan was trying to, and it worked, wear down the defense you know, keep them off the field, you know, and have those big open plays like they did and try to score off of them, and it worked. It worked because, see, see, I always have three takeaways from the game, and we got two down. So, number one, defense had struggles, could not recover. Offense tried their best but could not produce. And, and which is what led to you know the defense you know becoming gas and you know not being able to recover. That's what happens when a football team plays a game and is not well balanced on both sides of the ball. But at the same time, if one side does not do its job, how's the other side going to do its job? If the offense can't drive down the field, score some points, allow the defense to catch their breath or buy more time, how's the defense going to be able to recover? It's a team sport. Everybody has to do their job. I'm talking like this. Okay. So the defense is struggling, okay? Let's say it's at a time like if the defense is already struggling, the offense is only doing worse. The defense is forced to come back out quickly after only three plays and like maybe a minute off off the team off the game clock. You know, that's just making it worse. I mean, you're just you know draining more energy and more energy and this team is getting tired and it's only get, it's only distorting the team even further. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the offense helps out the defense, and the defense helps the offense, and they kind of work hand in hand. Without one or the other, the whole the whole team kind of goes down. Exactly, and for me, uh, 
third takeaway is just the team obviously was not prepared. Or, you know what? No. I guess the third official takeaway for me is I think, I truly believe in my heart that the Dallas Cowboys underestimated the Cardinals big time. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, the Cardinals, who they beat, they didn't beat very good teams. I mean, they beat San Francisco in week one. And they had dis- I mean, their offensive line is actually banged up too. But you know, but see how they were able to they were able to run the the ball well, and Kyler Murray was able to have a, a very good game. That's why we they severely underestimated the Cardinals, and this is what happens when you decided to underestimate your team and kind of be a, a little bit arrogant. I mean, you, you're going to pay for it big time. That, that's true, and, and I, I think they feel like, or, or Arizona felt like, and they were that they were the underdogs. The Cowboys were the favored favored team to win, uh, heading down, you know, through the final hours of of the day, and they just went out there, proved any doubters wrong, that you know they were a, a bad team, a horrible team, uh, they shouldn't win against Dallas, yeah. and, and they proved it. They did well said, well said, Chris, well said. I I did notice before the game. That Cowboys were a one-point favorite, and I told myself I could have sworn this morning when I woke up the Cardinals were favored by two to two and a half points. I mean, I I don't like that, Chris. When they change when they change the odds like hours before the game, I'm like, dude, are you serious? I mean, come on. I mean, what di- I mean, what difference does it make really at the end of the day? I mean, it it really makes no difference because we all know that Arizona was really honestly still the favorite. Mm-hmm. Especially because of how poor our defense is, and but now that we've wrapped up the game officially, now we got to talk a little bit about the coaching staff, especially the defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan. A lot of people want him fired now. For me, I'm I'm torn from it. I mean, if the Cowboys were to fire him, my question to those people who want him fired so bad would is, who takes over? The uh, the only person I can think of, and he's on the market, is Wade Phillips. That that's the only the only person I can think of. Wow, you know what? Come to think of it, that's an excellent choice, Chris. I mean, I, I mean, now now that you bring up Wade Phillips, so we have to talk about him now because Wade Phillips. That's a guy we're very very familiar with because ten years ago. He was fired after the Cowboys, you know, were off to a one and seven start after they lost to the Green Bay Packers, forty-five to seven. I mean, ten years ago, I mean, Tony Tony Romo broke the broke his collarbone on, on a Monday Night Football game against the Giants, and it's just ironic that ten years later, Dak Prescott suffers a gruesome injury against the New York Giants. <laughs> oh, uh, oh what, yeah. I mean, what are the odds? But but that year, Wade Phillips was not only the head coach; he was also the defensive coordinator, and I, I found that a little bit. I'm like, why? How could he do both? But uh, but I didn't mind it because I, I have so much respect for Wade Phillips. Mm-hmm. But but Wade Phillips, I, I would say you know he's definitely a suitable choice if if Mike Nolan were to be were to be fired or if he decides to resign between now and tomorrow morning, which I doubt either will happen. I guess if those fans were to say Wade Phillips is the best choice, I would say you know what that's actually a good point. And if Wade Phillips is uh. I don't know if he's retired from coaching yet or if he's just, you know, just sitting at home and if he gets a call on the phone and he's offered, do you want to come be the defensive coordinator? I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll take it, especially with the Cowboys, because I'm sure that, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's no hard feelings. I mean, I know there's no hard feelings between him and the Jones family, so I'm sure he would he would love to return to Dallas you know, coach, and be a coach at the Cowboys organization again. 
I mean, his, mm-hmm. de- his defense, you know, he did win the Super Bowl with Denver. So he has done some good things since he was fired from the Cowboys. So him being fired from the Cowboys kind of allowed him to, you know, have him a fre- give him a fresh start. He was with the Texans, although his tenure with the Texans didn't seem to end very well because uh, especially that 2013 uh, season, uh, yeah. the Texans went 2-14 and 14 and had a horrible defense. But, uh, but if Mike Nolan, you know, were to be gone, you know, by tomorrow morning, is, you know, being fired or resigning, you're absolutely right. I, I guess Wade Phillips would be the guy to bring in. Well, I mean, you can also bring in... Uh, well, Marinelli won't come back because he's with Raiders and he's he's doing pretty well. Um, another one could be I, I can't think of his name, but Rex Ryan's brother. He was oh, with Rob. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe he could come back. I don't know. It, it's going to be probably somebody that's familiar with Dallas. Well, I'm pretty sure if. Uh... Mike Nolan were, 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 were to no longer be the defensive coordinator. I'm sure there's lots of guys that can call, but if that were to happen, all we can do is just wait and see what happens. But but now we should talk a little bit about Kellen Moore because, you know, Kellen Moore, you know, there's still some questionable offensive play calling, but I stress to the people out there, look, my, Mike McCarthy is not calling the plays. I mean, he made that clear when he was hired. He said my, uh, Kellen Moore would be the uh, offensive play caller. And I told myself, if the play calling remains horrible and the offense, it, as talented as it is, is still horrible, Kellen Moore should not be fired. It would just be better for him to temporarily relinquish the play calling duties back to Mike McCarthy so Kellen Moore can learn, better learn from Mike McCarthy by you know following his play calling. But it doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, Kellen Moore is doing a good job. I mean, a lot of people are going to oh, oh, say I'm an idiot for saying this. But I mean, look, I mean... He's obviously not the best guy. He's not the sharp, the sharpest tool in the shed, but Kellamore is doing a pretty decent job. He is. I mean, at least, I think at least for the Washington game, have Kellamore say, okay, McCarthy, you're going to be the, the play caller today. I, I want to see what you got um, and, and just see what happens. I feel like because Dalton's out there, he, he kind of reminds me too of of Rodgers in that he's not a scramble quarterback like Dak is. He's not going to run, you know, 30, 40 yards or, or more, you know, t- to get yards. And Dalton, kind of like Rodgers, is more of a quarterback that stands in the pocket. And maybe, you know, with McCarthy playing, you know, calling plays, that can work in, in the Cowboys' advantage. You know, it might, but but I really don't see it happening. I mean, if it were to happen, then then swell, because you know, it, if the Cowboys' offense were, you know, if they were being called under Mike McCarthy, I'm sure things would change, and you know, Kellen Moore could learn from it. But but at the same time, you know, the problem is I've seen Kellen like if if it's like third and seven. I mean, if you're if they're running the ball, I'm like, dude, are you are you serious? Especially if we're already down by so much. Like, don't if if we're down by a lot, you know. There's no point of running the ball unless it's like a third and one or a second and one or whatnot. I mean, don't run the ball if you need more if you need more than like three yards, to, you know, to get a freaking first down. I mean, at the same time, I mean, I'm not an offensive coordinator. I really don't know how things go, but but this is just, right. this is just how the, the field position is. I mean, look, I mean, at this point, I mean, Zeke Elliott is beginning to develop a habit of being not trusted because you know it's like I said, a lot of Cowboy fans. 
A lot of them are no, lo- are no longer Zeke Elliott fans. I mean, they're saying they want him traded. They want him benched. I mean, I don't know. I mean, then I'm telling you, like, so if we trade him, what do we get? But we probably can't go into details now, but... I mean, a lot of people were saying that, were, you know, were saying that about Dak. Uh, how he, he needs to be traded. I mean, he's better than Daunton, for sure. And a lot of people are like, no, Daunton's better, you know, or Dak's better. It just goes back and forth. Well, the problem with Dak, and you know, a, lot, a lot of people won't like me saying it. I mean, Dak is, is a good quarterback, but there's times where his, 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 he's very inaccurate. His mechanics, you know, he struggles with, with the mechanics, and he's not able to do things, especially, I mean, a lot of the times, I mean, I'll admit, I'm not Dak Prescott's biggest fan, and I and I have had more than my fair share of criticism towards the guy, and I, and I mean no disrespect. He's a great guy, but I got to speak on the sports writing perspective. Like, if he's not doing things right, of course I got to mention it. I got to call him out for it when it could have been a different story if things had gone right. But at the same time, I mean, it's not, it, it can't always be on him. I mean, maybe the, the, it wasn't the right call that was played, but... But the problem with Prescott, you know, a lot of those stats came in garbage time and or against teams that were hor- uh, horrible defenses. I mean, that's probably the problem. I mean, that's the that's the problem. The Cowboys didn't want to pay forty million dollars. I mean, that's the reason. But but at the same time, I mean, him turning it down, all those other deals. I mean, that just made it difficult on his end too. And then he took a gamble with the uh, with the franchise tag. And yeah. what really hurts me to say is like, because a lot of fans were mad that he was not paid. I mean, but you know, look. He it was said he's gonna get the full thirty million dollars. Although I mean, obviously technically he's not because you know the, the taxes and all that other stuff. But if he were if he was paid like paid heavily five years and got forty million dollars a year, and then he still suffers this injury, the Cowboys would be in a much worse situation because if Prescott is paid, he has this gruesome injury that's you know that's you know his foot his foot ankle you know they're never, never gonna be the same again. Prescott goes to the point where, where he becomes a big liability. Yeah, and I, I I heard that Alex Smith, who had similar injury to Dak, but he had the the uh, infection. You know, I think Dak is cleared on, on that front. Yes, but yes, there, there was a report that said that he is not he's not he has not been a, he's not suffering any post surgery infection. So that's good. It is, but Alex Smith didn't want to, you know, tell Dak about. Oh, you know this is going to happen. You know, be careful. Yeah, they they did mention. Yeah, they did mention uh, during the game. Uh, I think uh, Lisa, her name's Lisa, I believe it was. She was she was the reporter in the game. She, I think it was her. She, uh, I don't know who it was, but it was mentioned that Alex Smith said he did not want to call Dak until it was uh, confirmed that he was not suffering any post surgery infections. Yeah, but I, I don't think you, you don't. You, you needed to call him on that because, I mean, word goes around the NFL uh, of stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he kind of understood that. He does, and, you know. And as far as Dak Prescott goes, I mean, like I said, I've had my fair share of criticism on the guy. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that he's going to come back stronger and better, and he's just going to pick up right where he left off. And really, I think the guy is going to be okay. He's going to be fine. And if he, yeah. you know, and if he starts proving me wrong next uh, next season, I'll be on this show and I'll say I'm not gonna make excuses. I'm not gonna say Dak got lucky. I'm just gonna say Dak did what really I wanted him to do: prove me wrong, prove the critics wrong, dude. 
So I'll be happy. So if, if, if Dak Prescott makes me eat my words and it makes me sick, that's good. If you doubt a guy and he comes back and, and proves you wrong, hey, even if I'm a sports writer, even sports writers are critics. Prove yeah. the critics wrong, dude. And if he does that, I'll be happy for the guy. And, I, and I'm not going to make excuses. I'll say, I was wrong. That's that. No sugarcoating. I mean, in this this show is not about sugarcoating because that's what we did about this game against the Cardinals. The Cowboys absolutely sucked in this game. It hurts they, me to say did. it, but it's the it's the truth, guys. This is what the show's all about. They they sucked. I'm just telling it like it is, and that's what Chris is doing as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this game shouldn't have happened this way. We lost 38 to 10. And I had the Cowboys winning 38 to 34. So I'm pretty freaking humiliated right now. I mean, I think the Cowboys were favored, you know, by a lot of people because of this Cardinals offense and maybe their defense as well. But, I mean, the matchups kind of favored Dallas. I mean, maybe on paper, Dallas seemed to be the favorite, but based on the player, on the players, the results, and the uh, what's going on on the team, no. There's no way Dallas could have been the favorite. And, you know, and since I, I said it, you know, if Dak Prescott proves me wrong, you know what? I'm going to make more uh, confessions. Like, I said Zeke Elliott's going to have a 120-yard game. Did not happen. I thought Michael Gallup was going to have a 100-yard-plus uh, game. It did not happen. So, I really had a poor prediction, you know, poor outcome, you know, of predictions coming into this game. So, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat credit. I would say, yeah, I said all this, and I'm wrong. And it's humiliating, but there's no point of lying or just, you know, not coming clean. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, just tell it like it is. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up our discussion of the recap between the Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. I'd like to remind you folks that Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube, Google Podcast, and Amazon Music. Chris, would you like to take a moment and do you have any announcements uh, regarding your show? Uh, I'm coming back with new episodes, hopefully starting either tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, I kind of stopped during the, pandem- the pandemic, but hopefully I get back on track soon. Just been really busy, um, but hopefully Tuesday or Wednesday I get back on it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I remind you, Chris is the host of the Die Hard Football Podcast. He is really good at his job. He is just like me. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He just tells it like it is. Chris has a unique knowledge of football. Chris, you are a genius, and I can't say how much of an honor it was to have you on my show tonight. It was great to be on. Chris, thank you so much. Everybody have a good night. Let's go, Cowboys.